Welcome to Bucket of Chum, the shark movie podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Bucket of Chum, the shark movie podcast. This week, I am talking about Red Water from 2003, directed by Charles Robert Carner, starring Lou Diamond Phillips, Coolio, and the original Buffy the Vampire Slayer herself, Christy Swanson. Now, I have to say, for a movie that was a made-for-TV movie in 2003, this is not the worst thing I have seen. I definitely enjoyed it way more than I did Shark Lake, and they actually kind of share a similar plot. So, yeah, you know what? Let's stop dicking around and let's just dive right into this thing. So, at least the copy that I watched, like, the opening titles start right away. Um, I had to download this, so there may be more opening credits or something. So hopefully I didn't miss anything else in the download, but I couldn't really find it streaming anywhere here. So I did the best I could. So we start right away, right into the credits. First scene we see grandfather is taking his grandson fishing. The grandson mentions something about where they're going, how they're not allowed there. And then the grandfather says, oh, our family's been fishing here since the Louisiana Purchase, and there's no pencil pusher that's going to tell me where to fish. So he's like, yeah, fuck these guys. I'm going to fish where I want. I'm an old man. So as they're going along, they see an oil well, and he's like, there is an oil well here that wasn't there a month ago. And obviously they can't fish in this area because all the fish are going to be fucking gone. So the grandfather decides to go further down the river and I'll get away from the well. On the oil rig itself, we've got men dropping sticks of dynamite down the well. I guess they're trying to blast rock or something to make it easier for them to drill. We see an explosion underwater. We see a bunch of debris come out. And then a shark comes out from this explosion, from whatever just exploded. Like, it just comes out of nowhere. I'm not entirely sure if they're trying to imply that, like, this is an underwater tunnel to the ocean. Or later on, they explain some spiritual thing. So I'm not entirely sure what or how this thing got here. There was an explosion. This shark appeared out of it. So now we're stuck with it. That's how it got there. On the oil rig, there's a guy checking out the radar and sonar. uh, But he has his head turned away from the screen when the shark shows up on screen. So it swims away. We cut to a beach. There's people fishing, playing frisbee. There's people, like, frolicking on the water on a floating dock and, you know, shit like that. We see a flyer fisherman. He gets his lure caught in the tree, and as soon as he turns his back, we see the shark fin swimming by. Back up on land, we're at a uh, boat launch, and these two girls pull up in a red Mustang and immediately get undressed into their bikinis and run into the water. It's like, park, undress, water. Like, fucking two seconds all this happens. But as I said before, they're at a fucking boat launch. So, like, it's just rude to park there. I mean, why are you swimming in front of a boat launch? Like, what are you doing? Anyways, these two girls start swimming out. And as they're swimming out, one of the girls says, you know, she felt something brush against her. She turns around and sees the fin. She starts screaming. And her friend didn't even believe her at first. Like, ah, what what are you talking about? Until she starts fucking screaming. She sees the fin. There's actually a lifeguard on duty at this beach, so he blows the whistle for everyone to get the hell out of the water. These two girls that came running into the water, they swim to the floating dock. One of them gets up on there first, and she's going to grab her friend to pull her up. She gets pulled under by the shark. You know, we see a little bit of blood. She's dead. First victim we got. Then we're on Lou Diamond Phillips' boat. Uh, His character's name is John Sanders, so we see him getting ready for the day getting his clothes on, brushing his teeth. We see a bunch of bills and stuff on the table that say final notice, overdue. So obviously he's in some sort of financial trouble. We see a framed assortment of knots. Like there's a bunch of ropes with different knots tied in and they're all labeled. So we know he's good with knots. I guess that's important to know. So then we cut to John. He's inside the bank. He's talking to... uh, a bank or financial advisor or something like that inside the bank. She keeps telling him that he's been late on his payments. He points out, you know, well, Hey, I've 
I've paid some of my payments like before they were due. And they're like, yeah, we don't really take that into consideration. And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking accurate because they're a bank. They're a bunch of assholes. He explains that he runs a charter business with this fishing boat. But she's saying that if he doesn't, you know, pay his payments on time, they're going to take the boat basically. And then we cut to a swimming pool. There's a girl in there in a bikini swimming around. This guy is starting to approach. He's carrying like a dead baby shark in his hand or something. He hands it to like some big bodyguard looking dude. Uh, so this guy's name is Brett. He comes in, he kisses this girl. I don't even know what they talk about. It doesn't matter. We don't see her again. I don't even think they're together. When I first saw it, I thought maybe they were boyfriend and girlfriend, but he walks up to the house and outside we got a guy, Rick. He's got two girls on his arms in bikinis and there's a couple other off to the side. A couple of big bodyguards, big crime boss dude. Coolio's just around the corner and he's base his character's name is Ice and he's basically this guy's cousin or brother. He's related to him somehow. So Ice asks Brett about some scar that he has. So he shows him he's got like a big shark bite scar on his arm. Rick gives some backstory on Brett and sharks. It doesn't matter, not an important conversation. Rick sends two of his girls to his fish tank. They go to the fish tank, it's full of piranhas, and they start, like, feeding them, like, little sardines or something. So, Rick starts telling a story about a guy named Jerry. Jerry was making a money run for Rick. He was arrested. When he was arrested, they didn't find the money, so the money's been stashed somewhere. And we learned that Jerry is getting out of jail soon, so Rick wants Brett to go get the money, and he's sending ice with them. So, Brett walks away to go to the car. Rick goes up to Ice and tells him to double-cross Jerry, but not to Brett. He's like, if you even think about killing Brett, like, you'll be as dead as those fish in the fucking piranha tank. So don't even think about double-crossing this dude. So then we're back on the river or basin. Uh, this takes place in Louisiana, so, like, it's kind of swampy at times. Uh, but anyways, we're back there. The grandfather or grandson are fishing. The grandfather is pulled into the water thinking he's got like a big catfish on his line or something. So he's pulled in. Grandson is just there like, oh man, what the fuck's going on? So the grandson tries to get him back into the uh, boat, but he's pulled underwater. The grandson hits his head, kind of knocks him out. And then we see underwater and we just see kind of blood floating up everywhere. So he's obviously been attacked by the shark. Then we're back at John's boat, which is called the Bitter End. Fantastic name for this boat. The boat with the grandson bumps into the boat. John goes into it, and he sees the kid. He gets him up onto the bitter end. Police show up, and this all happens rather quickly. Like, we don't see anybody call the cops. It's like all of this just happens like like that. It's just very quick-paced, which is fine. It's not a big deal. So the police show up. They take him away, and, like, they just pick up the kid. Like, they barely even talk to them. They're just like, yeah, let's get him out of here. They just kind of, like, pick him up and then just walk away with him. So John's talking to the police. They briefly mention that there was a report of a shark attack, but the police is like, well, that's not possible because like we're in a lake or whatever. Like don't sharks need uh, salt water. And then of course, John's boatmate, whose name is Emery mentions like, well, you know, bull sharks can survive in fresh water. Just like last week's movie. I didn't realize this when I chose this movie for this week, this was my first time watching it. So I didn't actually realize kind of how similar the plots are a little bit. They're not entirely similar, but they're both bull sharks and it's both like a bull shark surviving in a lake. So there is some similarities. John's boatmate benches that and then the cops drive off. Like it's just kind of not really listened to for the most part. As the cops are going away, John looks over across the dock and he sees Christy Swanson, whose character's name is Kelly. Uh, she's walking along the dock. She's all decked out in, like, a nice uh, business suit. She's got a guy with her. His name is Gene Bradley. And she asked to speak with John. So they all go on the boat. Kelly works for this oil company, the one that has the rig, out on the uh, river. And they've found a natural gas reserve under a nature reserve. And Gene basically says that they got the grant to drill here because they attached a bill to another bill in Congress so it would pass so they could drill for the natural gas which is actually pretty common from what I understand in the US so I guess good on them for having some accuracy here so Kelly says that they're having some sort of problem and she needs his help they don't know how to drill into this uh, rock or they just 
They don't know what they're doing and they need his help. John starts giving them shit for drilling in a fucking nature reserve. And we sort of learn that Kelly is like a scientist or a doctor of some sort. And she basically says that she's there to make sure that, yes, they're drilling in the nature reserve, but she wants to make sure it's done right to uh, make sure, you know, there's a limited impact on the environment because she's there doing an environmental impact study for the EPA, I think. She then mentions that she knows about his financial troubles, and he says he's done with drilling. He doesn't want to drill anymore. And she's like, John, it wasn't your fault. And he tells her to get off the boat. So we're led to believe that something happened while he was drilling at some point. We'll learn more about this later. Now we see Ice is on Jerry's boat, sneaking around. Jerry spots him, pulls a gun on him. Ice says, you know, Rick sent him down to get his money. Jerry says, you know, I just did a nickel for him and I didn't rat on him. So, like, why is he coming after me? Brett sneaks up behind Jerry, makes him put the gun down. Ice hits Jerry on the head after he says he doesn't have the money, but he's going to get it. So, yeah, Jerry doesn't have the money, but he is going to get it. Not like he has much of a fucking choice here. Back on John's boat, we learn him and Kelly were married at some point. They met on an oil rig and fell in love. That's the short of this story. Aw, just how sweet is that? And then we learn a little bit more about John's backstory. So he said that there was a blowout on the oil rig and he got two people killed. Well, the company says it wasn't his fault, but he feels a lot of guilt for it. He believes it was his fault. So he left the job, returned to Louisiana to become a fisherman, just like his dad. And then Kelly left him because he was just blaming himself too much and she just didn't want to deal with it anymore. John's boatmate, Embry, says that maybe this is a second chance from God, blah, 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 doesn't matter. And basically just tells John to take the job. Like, he needs the money, just take the job. We're in Kelly's hotel room. She's getting ready to go to bed, brushing her teeth. She's in a bathrobe. And then on TV, there's some guy talking about bull sharks in the area, of course, because of the shark attack. John knocks on the door. And then asks, when can they leave? And she's like, as soon as possible. And then he goes away. She closes the door. We hear the man on the TV says that the river should be absolutely safe. And at that point, we fade to a sign of the river and then a shark fin in the river. So guess what? That fucking river ain't safe. (laughs) So now it's morning and we're back on John's boat. Kelly's there bringing a bunch of equipment onto the boat for her environmental impact study. They get the boat loaded and they start to head out. As they're heading out, we see Gene on the dock and he's yapping away on his fucking cell phone like a shitty, douchey businessman. And we can hear things like, oh, we don't know how they found out. So we're, he's probably up to no fucking good or something. So at first he doesn't even notice the boat driving away. Then he does. He jumps on last second, drops his fucking cell phone in the water. He's not happy about that. And then as they're heading out, there's just like this really like, happy guitar music playing like like southern louisiana style music playing out i actually kind of enjoyed it there was some good musical moments in this it's very 90s and like very 2000s but there were some decent moments in here that i don't know i just kind of enjoyed it so up on the top of the boat emery goes up to kelly who's working and he talks some shit about how they can't depend on foreign oil and governments for their energy And then, like, Kelly accuses him of wanting to drill into, like, every nature reserve. He doesn't care, you know, where they have to drill. He just wants to get the gas. And then he says some shit like, this isn't a job for me. It's a mission. Like, oh, God, you're such a douche. So then as they're driving around on the boat, we see a bunch of fishermen, a bunch of boats out on the water. They pull up to a police boat, and then the officer says something about the girl who was attacked, and they've now put out a bounty on the shark for $50,000. John's like, yeah, well, good luck. I'm going to go now. The cop stops him and says, like, the whole area around the basin is closed. But then he basically says he'll give him 24 hours, like, with no argument. So he he goes to tell him, like, oh, don't go there. And then he's just like, okay, you can go there. <laughs> like, there's, like, no problem whatsoever. So John's boat pulls away, and the fishermen are just, like, shooting their guns into the water. We do a POV of the shark underwater. It's avoiding fishing nets and all kinds of other shit. Sometimes when we see this shark, it looks like it's practical. In some scenes, it definitely is. It's definitely a practical shark. In other scenes, it's more uh, CGI. And I think at other parts, maybe they just had, like, 
part of the shark belt. I'm not entirely sure. So in some parts, it actually looks pretty decent. Other parts, it's CGI. Again, it's 2003, so the CGI isn't amazing. But it is actually better than some more modern movies I've seen. So it has that going for it. So that's pretty cool. So now we're back on John's boat. Emery sets anchor. Kelly's asking, like, why are we setting anchor here? We're not at the oil rig yet. John's like, well, I need to fix a line in the fuel. Um, And Emery hasn't seen his family in about a month. Says she didn't agree to it, but oh well. Again, it's like, oh, I don't want to do this, but then they do it anyways. This whole movie's kind of like that. Everyone's like, I don't I don't agree with this. We're not going to do it. And then they just do it. <laughs> so anyways, we cut to pig roast, good old country party. We got guitars, fiddles playing, very southern, like old timey Louisiana style, you know, swamp party. It looks like a really good time, actually. I'm, I'm kind of jealous. <laughs> but of course, Gene, the big douchey businessman is uncomfortable and he makes a comment he's like oh this is like a scene of deliverance and john's like not don't worry no one's gonna make you squeal like a pig you'll be okay i'm sure the whole time gene is there he's just like clenching his asshole just thinking that he's gonna get fucked by somebody (laughs) john asks kelly hey you know you want to dance and she's like i didn't come here to dance and he's like that's my girl all business (laughs) who cares And so the party is over. There's basically nobody else around, but there's still one dude playing the fiddle while everyone else is going to bed. I don't know if he's like trying to play a lullaby for everybody or like maybe he's just drunk off his ass and it's just like, I'm just going to keep playing till the sun comes up. Our four main characters are all just sleeping in hammocks out in the open. Cut to morning time. They're heading towards the boat. Kelly asks if the shark is going to go back out to see and then emery starts telling them of a legend of a spirit protecting uh black cove or black rock or something like that and then she says well i was asking about a man-eating shark and emery says that maybe this shark is that spirit this shark has been sent by the spirits to protect this area or something so this is what i was talking about earlier like i don't No, I don't think that they were going for, like, the supernatural element that this is a spirit. Maybe they were. I don't think so. Just because of the explosion and the shark coming through, that wouldn't really make much sense. But they do kind of draw on this quite a few times in this movie. So they're back on the boat. Emery tells them that the spirit also has another name, and it goes by the Jaws of Death. And Kelly's like, are you serious? which is exactly what the audience members are asking themselves at this point too. Like, really? Come on. (laughs) As they leave, Embry's family is like somberly standing at the docks, like watching them drive away while some like really soft French song plays. It was that, that song choice was weird. It wasn't weird, I guess, because you know, French Louisiana, but I don't know. It just felt strange to me the way that they're all just like standing there watching this boat go like all sad, I don't know why. They had no reason to be like that, as far as I know. Unless there was something I missed and I didn't understand. But yeah, it just seemed really weird to me. So back out on the water, Ice is sitting on a boat. Underwater, we've got Brett and Jerry scuba diving. Ice is on his phone, and he's like, Damn, they can find a quarter on the moon, but they can't make a cell phone work in the bayou? Well, sorry, Ice, but not much has changed. (laughs) So Jerry and Brett get up to the surface. They haven't found shit. Ice and Jerry argue. Jerry says Ice is going to kill him no matter what he does, which he's not wrong because Rick told him to double-cross him. And then he calls Ice's mom a bitch. Ice pulls a gun on him. Brett keeps him in line, asks Jerry to cooperate. Like, just listen, if you do this, you're not going to die. We won't kill you. Everybody will get out of this alive. I don't know why Brett thinks he has that sort of authority, but I don't I guess he's just trying to get Jerry to cooperate, just get him to do whatever the fuck he wants so they can get on with their lives. So that's fine. We cut to on land. There's a guided nature hike going on. One of the tourists asks to take a picture of the tour guide on the bridge. She takes her hat off and like whips her hair around. I was like, sweetheart, you're just a nature tourist you're just a nature guide like you're you're not a model we're just we're having fun here so it was just it is so weird it's like oh do you want to take my picture (sighs) like i'm just i'm surprised they didn't put the hair whip in slow motion like they may as well have just done that but anyways she starts walking out on this rope bridge 
it, the thing doesn't even sit like a foot above water. Actually, in the middle of the bridge, it's actually sitting in the water. So she's out in like the middle of the bridge. This guy is getting ready to take a photo of her with his ginormous 2003 digital camcorder camera. And she's giving a really nice speech about saving nature and all of that. And the fucking shark just jumps out of the water and takes her off the bridge. And the tourists just watch it like fucking terror. It was that part was really awesome. It kind of reminded me of Deep Blue Sea where Sam Jackson, you know, he's giving a really good speech and the fucking shark comes up and just pulls him under. It was very much like that. It was a very, very nice moment. I really appreciated it. Just, it was great. (laughs) So back out on the water, uh, Jerry, Ice, and Brett's boat is like not far off the oil rig. Like they could throw a tennis ball to somebody on the oil rig. Like they could just throw it back and forth probably. Like they're super close to this thing. John's boat pulls up too, so they're going to the oil rig, obviously. John gets up there, and he's got a buddy there. They're talking shop about the drill, blah, blah, blah. They're happy to see each other, so obviously they worked together before. And then John's like, uh, change the angle of the drill and a bunch of other nonsense to help them find the gas that they're looking for. Then we see Kelly start to get ready in scuba gear. And she needs to get samples from underneath the rig. So she needs to go down again for environmental impact. So she's got to get like soil samples and all that kind of shit. And so John says, I'm going to watch the sonar for you to keep an eye out for the shark. I've just checked it. You should be fine for now. And underwater, we see Brett. He finds the car that they've been looking for. Jerry decides to knock him out, pulls out his oxygen mask and like releases all the oxygen from his tank jerry resurfaces and he returns to the boat with ice on board ice asks like where is brett he's like oh i don't know what am i his dive buddy or something like immediately ice should already be skeptical of this because well yeah they should both be keeping a fucking eye on this guy because clearly he can't be trusted so i i don't know for me if, if i was a criminal that would be a red flag but i'm not a criminal so what do i fucking know So back underwater, Kelly notices the air bubbles coming from Brett's area. So she swims over to him, grabs him, pulls him to the surface. She yells at John for help. They bring Brett back onto the boat. John gives him CPR and saves the guy's life. He sort of just wakes up like this has been nothing. He's like, oh yeah, I'm alive now. That's great. Cool. (laughs) So Gene comes on and he thinks that he's from a rival oil company. He's like, oh, are you from Global whatever, blah, blah, blah obviously he's not, but like Gene is just so fucking convinced of this and it's going to bite him in the ass very fucking soon. And Kelly is telling Gene to like leave the guy alone. Cause like he almost just died. Like he literally just got up from having CPR and Gene's just like, get out of here. Like Gene, fuck off, go die. So then Brett's boat pulls up. Ice asks permission to board. He gets on John's boat and asks him, you know, what happened? And Brett says, Oh man, it was a Pontiac. And, like, nobody questions this. And nobody asks, like, what do you mean a Pontiac? Like, what are you talking about? They're just like, oh, yeah, that happens. <sighs> sure. Gene is telling them all to leave. And he says that they're trespassing on their lease because, uh, again, he still thinks that they're there for the oil. But Brett reiterates they're not there for the oil. They're just doing recreational diving. And then John just tells Gene, like, just let them be. And Brett says, like, listen, leave us alone. We'll be gone by tomorrow. We'll be out of your hair by then. Gene doesn't want to listen to that, and he says he's going to call the basin police, and he starts to climb up to go to the radio. Ice tells him to stop, and then Gene says, what are you going to do about it, foo? And then Ice pulls out a fucking gun and shoots him in the leg, and he's like, anybody else want to play? I got a game all night. So good. Like, just the way he pulls out his gun so fast and shoots Gene in the leg is great, because... I mean, Coolio was really just doing what the audience wanted to do and just get this guy to shut the fuck up and stop being an asshole. So, yeah, I loved it. It was it was fucking great. Brett tells Ice to stop talking, and then we can hear a chopper coming in the background. Brett tells everybody to get the cabin of the boat. Gene cries out in pain, and Ice gives him a kick, and John's like, dude, they're in a helicopter. Like, they cannot hear us. <laughs> the cop in the helicopter uh, calls out for John. Brett tells John to go out. So John goes out on the boat. He waves at the helicopter. The cop asks where everyone is, and John kind of mimes that everybody's gone to get lunch. Cop tells him to stay out of the water. There's been another shark attack, referring to Bridge Lady that died. 
and the reward is now $100,000. And if John catches the shark, then they're business partners. Great, who cares? The chopper flies off. Brett comes out and he says, ah, well done. Great job. Kelly tells Brett that Gene is bleeding bad and he needs a doctor. Ice tells everyone to get on their knees. John tells everyone not to. He's like, they can't get all of us. So, like, we can all just take him. And he's like, he's not going to get us, especially since he's holding his gun like he's in a rap video. I mean, listen, if there's somebody with a gun on you, just, you should probably just do what they say. Like, unless you're going to do something in that moment, don't start putting all your other friends' lives in danger. Like, what, like, what are you doing? And then we hear an alarm go off on the oil rig. And then John's friend says, blowout? They're like, blowout. Brett's like, what does that mean? John's like, well, the rig is going to blow. And like, we're all dead unless we shut this oil rig down because it's going to fucking blow. And then Ice pops in and he's like, the only thing I'm shutting down is you, bitch. That, yeah, that's great, Ice. That's really fucking productive. Like, when you hear an alarm going off on an oil rig or something, you should probably be asking some questions, right? Like, you can't. I would just be saying, like, ah, shut the fuck up. It makes no sense for him to be doing this. Like, other than he's just being difficult. So Brett tells Ice to, you know, just stop. And then he sends John and his friend to go and shut down the oil rig. Some of the other workers have shown backup on the oil rig, but, like, they weren't there before when the chopper was there. When he said everybody was out to lunch, like, I kind of assumed that, like, there was nobody else on this rig. Because if they were, why wouldn't they have pulled up when they heard a helicopter coming? So I don't know where they were, but now all of a sudden they're back. So John and his friend managed to pull the drill up, but there's still pressure building. So they're trying to like shut this shit down, you know, but of course things are getting stuck, like the levers and the wheels and shit that they're trying to turn. It's all getting stuck, so they can't shut it down. Jerry hops onto the boat that they came on and he starts pulling away. John's boat starts pulling away trying to get away from this oil rig in case there is an explosion. And then a bunch of, I'm assuming it's oil or water or something. There's just like a bunch of shit just starts like spewing from the oil rig and they can't stop it. And then the rig is ignited and there's a big fucking explosion. John and a couple other people jump off the rig. A couple of people are blown off. Jerry takes the boat that they came in on and pretty much just fuck fucks off and says like, hey, you haven't found the money yet, so you can't kill me till after you find it. I understand your logic, Jerry, but I kind of feel like you're fucked no matter what you do because they will find you and kill you. So come up with a better plan, man. Like this is not going to work out for you. John and his friend go around the rig. We see a couple people dead, a couple people injured. And this is obviously bringing back memories of John's accident. John asks about one of the men and if he had a family. Uh, his friend, whose name is Hank, says to forget about it. Like, you know, just shut that shit down. This isn't about you. Forget it. John goes into the control room. He gets on the radio and he starts trying to make a mayday call. Brett catches him, shoots the radio off, and John says, hey, the call went out, man. Like, they're going to be here any second. But Brett says, well, the antenna's blown apart, so your call didn't go out. Solid solid try john but you fucked up so <laughs> and then brett asks you know how do we shut down the rig hank says that they have to do it from the riverbed so they need to go underwater and do it of course because where else would it be right so brett basically tells them to do it like get down there and do it so hank get, gets into his uh, scuba gear and he starts working on shutting the rig down. He's got uh, a giant wrench and he's trying to turn some giant wheel. So he cuts himself in the water. POV of the shark. He's creeping up behind Hank and bites him. Just chomps right into him. John sees the blood from the surface and he dies. He dives in. He goes to grab the wrench that Hank was using. He goes to turn it. He freaks out because Hank's arm is still attached to it. We don't get like a great look at some of like the detached body parts or anything but they don't look like cheap dollar store ones like we usually see in some of like the lower budget movies so they they put some attention into this which was nice i appreciate that so john surfaces kelly calls out that there is a fucking shark behind him emery tells him to stay still and john is like what so Emery's point here, he's like, well, you know, the shark won't think you're prey if you're just staying still and not making a bunch of noise. So, okay, I kind of understand what he's going for. And he's like, well, you know, you're a fisherman, you know this. 
And so John stays still for like a little bit, but then the shark is still coming towards him. And he's like, okay, fuck this. I'm getting back on that rig, which any nor, which like you should have done that in the first place. Like, fuck Emery. Don't listen to him. He, no, <laughs> like you see it coming towards you. I'm not saying thrash around and make a, like a big deal about it, but like it's coming towards him and it's already killed a bunch of people. So why would you take the chance of just fucking standing still? Like that's stupid that no, don't don't do that. So he makes it back to the boat in time. The shark rams the ladder and now we cut to nighttime. Ice spots the shark, like, swimming around the boat. He starts shooting at it, and he says, Take that, foo! Like, every time he shoots somebody, he says foo, or, like, something stupid like that. Jerry basically suggests then, like, they need to get out of there. and But Ice says, like, they're not leaving until he gets the money. Jerry asks, well, who would be crazy enough to get back in the water with a fucking shark in there? Well, of course, Brett walks over, and he's already in his diving suit. He's carrying a wooden box. He says it's something he was just able to salvage uh, from the rig. He opens it up, and it's got dynamite inside of it. So, obviously, we're going to see him try to use this dynamite and kill this shark. Back on the boat, all the everybody else is tied up. Uh, their hands tied. Emery is talking about the shark being the spirit protecting Black Cove and that he's come home. So, again, we get another mention of this spirit. Again, I don't think that this is really important to the plot per se, but I, I guess it's kind of a an interesting uh, thought and aspect, and maybe there is some truth behind it. I didn't look it up, but that would be kind of cool too, actually. So I'm actually, like, looking back on it now, I'm less annoyed by it. I was more annoyed by it when I was actually watching the movie, but, like, going through my notes and thinking about it, I'm like, oh, actually, no, this is kind of a cool element to it. So, yeah. It was pretty cool. So on the outside of the boat, Brett dives into the water. He's got a spear gun, and attached to it, he's got the stick of dynamite. So he dives down to the car. His head wound starts bleeding, and the shark shows up, like, immediately. I I wasn't sure if he was, like, making it bleed intentionally or if, if that just happened while he was down there trying to get the money or something. But anyways, the shark shows up. He's bleeding. He lights a flare, he gets the dynamite spear ready, so he lights the fuse, and he hits the shark on the side with the dynamite spear, or dyna spear, if you will. So, as I said, the fuse is lit, but it burns out before it can actually ignite the dynamite. The shark starts attacking the car, rips the door off, swims away, but the spear falls out. I'm not sure how this happened, but it reignites and explodes. I may have looked away from the screen, like maybe Brett did something but it kind of just explodes brett manages to get away and he returns to the boat ice asks if he got the shark brett says he he doesn't know and he doesn't know what they're gonna do now back inside with the hostages we see gene and he is pale as fuck like this this guy is dying he starts asking if there was a, a blowout and they're like yeah and he's like oh i was right we hit pay dirt like you're dying and you're just happy about being right about an oil rig like that that's just sad man like your your fucking life is sad like he's not even talking about loved ones he's just like nah we found natural gas man all right uh anyways he dies like he after he says that he's dead so yeah gene dies no one cares (laughs) i don't know if we were supposed to care about gene but i really didn't so when he died i was like Great. Kelly's obviously upset about this, and then she's like, why is this happening? And then John's like, it doesn't matter why it's happening, just that it is. Okay, great. (laughs) So, Brett comes in, he starts cutting Kelly's hands free for some reason. John decides to headbutt Brett, they fight, Kelly yells for them to stop because Brett has overtaken John, and he's basically kicking the shit out of him, so they stop. He takes her outside, closes the door, John manages to start cutting everyone's hands free. I guess they found... It looks like they found a saw or something, which I don't know how they wouldn't have looked for this shit earlier, but whatever. So then outside of this room, Brett is rubbing his knife over, like, Kelly's breast and, like, her face and trying to... He's rubbing his knife sexily, if that's a thing, if you can picture that in your fucking head. (laughs) Yeah, it was weird and very creepy. 
And then we go to another room and Ice and Jerry are talking. And then we see Emery kind of sneaking up behind them, coming through a door. Jerry glances over at a small bat hanging from the wall. Ice sees him looking at it. And he's like, you're a whole lot dumber than you look. And then he kind of goes over and takes the bat. So, you know, Jerry doesn't get any like fresh fucking ideas in his head. And then we cut back to Brett and Kelly and he's still sexually harassing her. John sneaks up out of the room behind them. Kelly sees us, so she starts distracting Brett. She she starts kissing him. John's being very quiet. He pulls out a gun from the drawer. He nods at Kelly. She pushes Brett out of the way. John grabs Kelly out of the way. He draws the gun on Brett. So he tells Brett to put his hands down, drop the knife. And Brett's like, well, what do you want? Drop the knife, put my hands down. Drop the knife, put my hands up. Drop the knife, put my hands up. While he's doing this, he throws the knife at John, hits him in the fucking shoulder. John shoots off a shot. Obviously, Ice hears this, so he starts heading that way. Emery starts to fight him off with some shit that was hanging off the wall. John and Brett struggle with the gun. They break a window, and the gun falls into the water. Kelly goes to leave, but she just ends up going to the room where Ice and Emery and Jerry are. So Brett's in behind John, and he's pushing him into the room. Ice draws his gun on Emery, and Brett says not to kill him. Ice asks, like, why the hell not? Brett pulls the knife out of John's shoulder, and he's like, ah, we're going to go for a little night dive. So then we're on the outside of the boat. Jerry, Emery, and John are getting dive gear on. And then this is where Emery confesses to John that he can't swim. So yeah, John is like, so all these years as a fisherman, and you can't swim. And Emery's just like, sorry, John. So in all the years that this dude has been a fisherman, like he's never gone in the water. At all, which is just like fucking mind blowing. Like the fact that also he grew up on the side of this river because we saw his family earlier and he can't swim. Absolutely mind blowing. It doesn't make any sense. I, uh, yeah, I think the only reason they did this was because they wanted to get Kelly into the water with them. So they're just like, yeah, fucking Emery can't swim. Okay, yeah, sure. We'll go with that. Why not? So then John tells Brett, he's like, yo, my man can't swim. And then Brett's like, prove it. (laughs) John's like, screw you. And then Brett tells him, like, listen, I want three people in that water, and they better get a move on. Kelly volunteers to go. Brett says, like, no, you're staying right here with me. And earlier when he was, like, sexually harassing her, he was talking about how he's never actually killed anyone before. So she brings up this fact. It's like, listen, if you've never killed anyone before, do you really want to start by drowning a man who can't swim? And he's like, smart. So then he just starts undoing her fucking hand ties and she gets ready into her diving gear. So then John and Kelly are kind of hanging off the side of the boat of their dive gear. John's kind of whispering and tells Kelly, if she finds the money, flash her light three times, swim off to a spot to meet John, and then like, don't return to the boat. He'll go back for Emery. They get in the water. Brett is watching the sonar for the shark. Kelly, Jerry, and John are all searching for the money underwater. John ends up finding the gun that fell out of the boat earlier. Jerry finds like a knife or something sharp and he puts it up his sleeve. Brett notices the shark on the sonar and so he flashes the lights on the boat. Like uh, It's one of those boats that has lights on the bottom. I guess a lot of boats that do diving have this. Uh, we probably saw it in Jaws. We've seen it a bunch of time in movies. So he's flashing the lights to let everybody know, like, the sharks in the area. So John and Kelly are the first ones to find the box of money. They start digging it up. The shark comes up from behind John and grabs him, bites him. But he's holding on to, like, his oxygen tank and all that and is, like, dragging him around. So he's not actually biting John, but just all of his gear. Kelly is, like, thrashed away, I guess, when the shark was whipping its tail around. It kind of thrashed her. She ends up breaking her goggles so she can't see, so she heads up to the surface. Jerry ends up finding the box, and he brings the box to the boat. Kelly's, like, freaking out. She's like, I I need a gun or a spear gun or something to try and get that shark. Brett grabs her by the hair, brings her down to her knees, threatens her with the knife, and says, like, no one else is getting back in the water tonight. So we get back underwater. John is still being dragged around by the shark. And this part is actually kind of where I started to notice that they may have actually had a practical shark because this stuff actually looked pretty good. Earlier in the movie, 
uh, we see like it's fin and dorsal fin, and that looked practical for the most part. There may have been one or two times they did some CGI, but like I would say 95% of the time we see that it was some sort of practical shark. So that was cool. And again, with this stuff underwater of him being dragged around and whatnot, practical. And it was actually kind of well shot for the most part, especially for a made for TV movie. This was one of those scenes that I was actually really impressed with. And I actually really enjoyed watching it. And then at one point he unbuttons his uh, tank and all of his gear and the shark kind of swims off with it. John starts climbing up the ladder to the rig. He's trying to get his uh, flippers off of his feet. He gets like one off and then a shark, the shark swims by bites his foot off and swims away. And like, we actually kind of see like the whole thing happen, like swimming up, biting, swimming away. Pretty, pretty cool. Pretty well done. I, I actually wasn't expecting it. Cause like he's our main character. So I wasn't expecting him to sustain any like major injury like that. So that was awesome. That was cool. So John manages to climb up on the oil rig back on the boat. Ice slaps Jerry in the back of the head as he's trying to open the box. Brett asks if he's forgotten the combination. Back on the oil rig, John pulls a tooth out of his leg and just kind of throws it off to the side. Ice shoots at the money box, trying to open the locks. Brett tells him, like, calm down, dude. Like, the thing's rusted shut. We'll get it open when we get back to Rick's. Like, it's not a problem. And then, at this point, Ice says, no one's going back to Rick's. Jerry pulls the knife or whatever he found in the water and he stabs Brett. Ice reveals his cousin, Rick, like treats him like shit, pays him chump change. So he's made a deal with Jerry to take the money. So Jerry and Ice are actually double crossing Rick. Jerry tells Brett to go for a night dive and he kind of pushes him. Brett stumbles, falls into the water, bleeding out. The shark comes. Brett holds his arms out like he's fucking Jesus. He's just like, yep, I'm accepting it. And the shark goes up, eats him, and that's the end of Brett. Brett is dead. Back on the rig, John is limping around. He's trying to sneak up on Jerry and Ice. Jerry yells at Kelly and Emery to get up. He takes them out of the cabin. He starts talking about Rick, asking, like, oh, does he sell that piranha tank? And as he does that, John fires a shot off, but he misses. Jerry says he's been waiting five years for this score and he's not going to let some fisherman ruin it for him. John yells at Emery and Kelly to get in the water and swim towards the rig. And Emery's like, are you crazy? Because, you know, we just learned he can't fucking swim. And John is just like, yeah, I don't, don't worry. I'll, I'll save you or some shit. They jump off. Just as Kelly is about to jump off, Ice grabs her at the last second and pulls her back onto the boat. John shoots a propane tank it explodes right in front of Jerry. Jerry's on fire. We can still see the sharks swimming around the water in the background. Jerry's flaming corpse falls into the river. Jerry's no more. John heads towards the boat. He notices Kelly still on the boat. Emery is on the water. He's struggling to swim and the shark is coming up behind him. John jumps in the water and he starts pulling Emery to safety. And he's like telling Emery to like kick his feet, which was actually a nice little line which I didn't think about it at the time, but now thinking, I'm like, all oh, right, John can't really kick that well because he's lost a fucking foot. So he actually needs Emery to do a lot of the kicking to get him to safety. So there is actually some like smart writing and direction in this movie. Like they actually put some thought into it. You know, what a fucking concept. <laughs> so he manages to get Emery to the ladder and he starts shooting at the shark and that deters it and it starts heading in a different direction. They climb aboard the oil rig Emery gets in the operator booth of a crane. John starts climbing on top of the crane and he starts hovering that above the boat, which is still on fire back on the boat. Ice is struggling to free the money box and he does. John gets on the boat. He carries Kelly to the crane, which okay, this part kind of impressive. The fact that he managed to pick up another human being and then walk them over to a crane while missing a foot is a feat in itself and you know what good for you man that's i don't think i could fucking pull that one off but he managed to do it i don't know why he was because like she just gets and climbs on the crane like no problem so like she it seems like she was fine for the most part like she may have had the wind knocked out of her but i i don't think he needed to carry her and it also doesn't really make sense for him to carry her anyways 
he calls for Emery to take her away. Ice notices this and he starts shooting at John. John holds up the money box. Ice's last bullet hits it. His gun is empty. They start to wrestle around for a bit. John throws Ice off of him and he jumps into the water. Ice isn't far behind, grabs the money box, jumps into the water, and the boat explodes right after. Ice looks at the sinking boat and he's like, damn. And so he has the money box with him and he kisses it and he's like, oh yeah, so happy. So happy I've got this money. Then the shark comes up, grabs the box, and Ice is like struggling to free the box from the shark. Like he's so concerned about the money. He doesn't just like let the shark take it and swim off with it. Like he sits there and fights him with it. But the shark tears his box apart. The money goes everywhere in the water. Like, it's fucking ruined now. It's, you're done. So then Ice is sitting there in the water, floating around. The shark just comes right up and eats him. He's dead. Gone. In the water, Kelly and John, they start swimming towards the rig. The shark is starting to chase them down. They manage to get away and get under the rig to try and come up through the floor. The shark goes under the rig very easily because it's underwater and the shark is in underwater. So I, they made this seem like they should be safe going here, but the shark like just manages to make it in. But ah, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was just kind of weird that they made this seem like it was a bigger deal than it really should have been. Anyways, they're climbing up this ladder, trying to get through the floor. Emery's up top trying to get this like trap door open. Kelly falls off the ladder. John grabs her. The shark jumps out of the water at them and they just kind of like push its nose away. Like you see the videos of like divers just pushing sharks away. Yeah, they just do that. And it's like, yep, it's hardly seemed like a convenient, like an inconvenience for them. It's amazing. But as they do, one of the fins hits John, puts him in the water. John calls out to Emery and tells him to get to the control room. The shark continues to like lunge at Kelly and John while they're on this ladder. John tells Emery to start the drill up. The drill starts. The shark lunges at them. The second it does, the drill comes down right into its mouth, shakes around for a bit. The drill pushes it down. Blood fills the water. It's dead. Like, yeah, this it's, it's dead, dead. Like, it's not coming back. No fake out. It's gone. John yells with joy. Kelly and him kiss because, of course, uh, this has reignited their relationship, I guess. You know, when you get chased down with the shark with your ex, then it's unnecessary, but it's a happy ending, so they threw it in there. It's not the worst thing in the world. So then they're all kind of sitting on the oil rig deck. John looks at the tooth that he pulled out of his leg earlier and wonders if that reward is still up for grabs. They pass the shark tooth around and Emery says that maybe they should just let the spirit of Black Cove rest. And John's like, yeah, I think you're right. This will be the end of it. And he just throws the tooth in the water. And then a helicopter shows up and then credits roll. And that's the end of it. But the fact that Emery told John to, like, why wouldn't he just take the reward money? It's $100,000 and his boat's gone now. Although I guess it doesn't matter if the bank takes it back because, you know, Good luck fishing that out of the bottom of the fucking basin. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, okay. There's a couple of like dumb plot points here and there, but overall this wasn't a terrible movie. I actually enjoyed it. It's more, I guess more on the crime side of things, but yeah, for the most part, like this was pretty entertaining. Um, If I had seen this in 2003 on TV, like I would have loved it. Like no questions about it. I would have enjoyed the hell out of this. It's better than Shark Lake. It's not on the same level as like House Shark or Sharks of the Corn, like that kind of stuff. And I don't want to say it's on like the same level as Jaws because it's not. But as far as like somewhat more normal shark movies goes, like this is one worth checking out. It's it's definitely entertaining. The acting wasn't terrible. Some of the like... So I I want to say some of the worst acting was from Christy Swanson, but I don't necessarily think it was her acting. It was kind of more of the writing and like her character didn't have a whole lot to do, which was kind of unfortunate. I would have liked to have seen more from that. Like 
realistically, we could have gotten rid of fucking Jean way earlier and had more for her to do and make it less of a lovey-dovey story between these two, but she didn't. I didn't really feel like she had any character development, so that kind of sucked, but as for the rest of the performances, it, it's very watchable. This is a very watchable movie, in my opinion. It's not batshit crazy, but it is entertaining. It's It's kind of good just even if you want to throw something on in the background, it's it's not a bad watch. I don't think it's, you know, a terrible waste of time. It's an hour and 28 minutes, which is, you know, perfect time. Now, I'm not sure if it's streaming anywhere in different countries. I know here in Canada, I couldn't get it streaming anywhere, so I, I had to download it. Uh, but yeah, if you can find it, I definitely recommend giving it a watch. I'm sure the DVD is probably on Amazon as well. So yeah, I definitely recommend giving this a decent watch, giving it a chance, just knowing what you're going in for. So if you kind of liked uh, certain aspects of Shark Lake, this movie kind of does it better and was made before Shark Lake. So you think Shark Lake could have learned a thing or two from it, but they didn't. But you know what? We're not talking about that one. Red Water. Good movie. I enjoyed it. And I think my favorite part of this movie was actually the scene where Lou Diamond Phillips' uh, character is getting pulled around by the shark underwater, where it's got him by, like, the oxygen tank. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I also liked the dynamite uh, fake-out, where Brett was underwater, and he hits the shark on the side, and we kind of think that, like, maybe this is how the shark's going to die is by dynamite, but they don't. They ended up doing it with the drill, which was cool. Like, that's not something you see all the time, so... I definitely give this movie points for creativity and I mean, it has like those similar elements of like uh, the deep I've talked about before or into the deep with uh, Nick Nolte and Angela Bassett. So like, you know, the whole crime element, we saw that in shark zone as well, but I feel like this movie uh, definitely did it better than all those other ones combined. So if I was to put this up against like shark Lake Shark Zone, and then Red Water. I think Red Water wins, personally. I just think it's a much better movie. I enjoyed the cast. I mean, come on. We got Coolio, rest in peace. And we got Chrissy Swanson, Lou Diamond Phillips. It's a good time. So if you get a chance, check it out. So that was Red Water from 2003. Don't forget to check me out on all my social media. You can find me at Bucket of Chum Podcast, at TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. And if you want, you can send me an email at bucketofchumpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to just tell me how the show's going, what you think of it, what you think of me, what do you like, what do you don't like, uh, any recommendations for me, what movies do you want to see, anything. And you can do the same thing on social media. Send me a message and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And tune in next week for another episode of Bucket of Chum. Thanks for listening to Bucket of Chum, the shark movie podcast.